0: Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you please speak through me, Lord. I pray that you please anoint me, Father, uh, for this message this morning, Lord, that you have placed on my heart. Lord, I pray that you uh, touch the hearts of the hearers, Lord. Open their ears that they may hear, Father. Lord, may we be faithful during times of peace, Father, so that we may be faithful, Lord, when the crisis comes. I ask these things in thy name. Amen. About 18 years ago, um, I was a senior in high school. And as part of the uh, senior uh, things, you fill out the yearbook and you're supposed to put um, what you want to be when you get older. Uh, And so, you know, you put different things, your nickname and, and different things like that in the yearbook. Um, And so I put that I wanted to be an ophthalmologist, was planning to go to medical school, wanted to be a doctor. And I had this dream of, of living in a nice house on a lake, uh, going, I imagine myself going wakeboarding every morning before heading into the hospital and, uh, you know, just having a good time, you know, enjoying life, enjoying peace, uh and and so that's what i put there in my yearbook well uh went to southern adventist university uh, that next year and it was the the second semester there and i was taking amp um i i didn't know what my major was going to be i was pre med and and my i have a twin sister and and she was doing nursing so i was like oh i'll do nursing uh, pre med because you know then i'll learn everything already and i'll be you know have all that knowledge already for medical school um, you know know all the things and it'll make medical school easier and so that's what i did i started out as nursing pre med so i was taking amp uh amp 2 and I was there in that that second semester, and the teacher announced one day there will be a test coming up next week. Now I, I had done a good job and got good grades in AMP one, and so I wasn't too worried about the test coming up next week. Uh, so I kind of uh, forgot about the test, and I was enjoying uh, the intramurals and life in college, and Pretty soon it was the day before the test. And uh, I had an intramural game that day. So, you know, of course, I was in classes during the morning, went to work in the afternoon. And then that evening I had intramurals and, and, and uh, I was playing some sports. And then a friend was like, Hey, you want to go out to eat, Jonathan? I was like, Oh, sure, I got to eat, right? And so I got some food went out to eat with some friends. We had a good time, a nice time going out. I was like, man, I need to get studying soon. Um, then another friend said, Hey, we're going to go back and, and play some video games. Uh, if you want to come, come with me, uh, come with us. We can play some video games. And, and so I was like, right, I could probably play a little, little bit. Uh, and so I went up to their dorm room and I was playing, uh, video games and, and next thing I know, uh, I look at the time, and it's midnight. And I was like, whoa, I have a test tomorrow. And so I was like, I got to go. And so I rushed down to my dorm room. And and wouldn't you know it, but I couldn't find my notes. I, I couldn't remember uh, what chapters we were to study. And so I was friends with uh you know the girl in the class that studies a lot. We probably all had one of those. And so I call up her dorm room, and and I wake her up, and I say, um, "This is Jonathan. Um, uh, what chapters are we supposed to study for the AMP test?" And she was like, "You mean the test in the morning?" I was like, "Yes, that one." And she's like, "Seriously, Jonathan?" I was like, "Yes, please. Just tell me what I need to study." Uh, and so she had to get out of bed and, and tell me the chapters to study. Um, well, uh, let's put it this way. I didn't end up going to nursing school. Um, but boy, was I enjoying that time of peace. It was a good time, right? Uh, enjoying the, the playing of the pleasures of this world and enjoying uh, the sports and, and hanging out with friends. And I was having a good time until... I realized it was the midnight hour until I knew the test was upon me and I had been putting off the preparation. You know, a lot of times, uh, at least for me, you know, I had done well in school. And so I had learned to trust in my ability that God had given me, learned to trust in the fact that maybe I don't need to study as much. And so I was trusting in God's gift And I was abusing that gift instead of using it wisely. And so we're going to learn uh, this morning about a a gentleman in the Bible um, who was enjoying the times of peace and wasn't preparing for the crisis to come. So let's turn with me uh, in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 14. We'll start there. Second Chronicles chapter 14. It says, verse 1 So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Uh, Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place, and in his days the land was quiet for 10 years. So here, Asa the great-grandson of Solomon, begins to reign. And the Bible says that God blessed Asa with 10 years of peace. And so let's look at what Asa did during his time of peace. It says there in verse 2, it says that Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers to observe the law and the commandment. Verse five, he also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make walls around them, and towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side." So they built and prospered. Verse 8, and Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah who carried shields and spears. And from Benjamin, 280,000 men who carried shields and drew bows. All of these were mighty men of valor. And so here God had granted Asa 10 years of peace. He had given him peace from his enemies around, and most kings might enjoy that time of peace. They might go to their summer palace and and, and enjoy the the uh, taxes that are coming in, and 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 live a life of 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 fun and glee. But Asa doesn't do that. Asa, the Bible says that he started off bringing reform to the land. He brought reform to his own heart, his own life, and he destroyed uh, the high places. He destroyed the idols, and he set up God's law and his commandment to be observed in the land. Asa brought about a spiritual reformation during the time of peace. There was no threat of war, no threat of a crisis ahead. And yet Asa used his time wisely to prepare in case one came. Not only did Asa bring about spiritual reform, not only did he uh, work on on bringing about a spiritual revival and fortifying the, the spirit in the minds of the people, fortifying their minds with God's spirit, but he also brought about physical reform. The Bible says that he didn't just prepare spiritually, but he also prepared physically for a future crisis. It says that he built up the fortified cities, uh, that he uh, put in bars and walls and gates, and, and, and that he also trained an army, an army of uh, 580,000 men mighty men of valor, trained them uh, to be warriors and fighters. And so Asa used his time wisely to prepare for a future crisis. Friends, we need to be using our time wisely like Asa. We need to be using our time preparing spiritually while we are in a relative time of peace. We need to be fortifying our minds with scripture. We need to be putting on the whole armor of God, but not just preparing spiritually. Like Asa, we need to also be preparing physically. We can, we can do that by following and heeding to the council to move to the country, to prepare a, a place uh, for you so that you aren't dependent on the world but that you are dependent solely on God and his provisions. Learn how to do things like uh, garden and take care of yourself and, 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 and maybe a mechanical um, uh, talents and, 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 and medical, uh, handling medical situations and emergencies. And so these are things that we can do physically to prepare ourselves for the crisis that we know is coming. Asa didn't just prepare spiritually, he prepared physically as well. And we too need to prepare both spiritually and physically. Well, after the 10 years of peace, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 14 verse 9, it says, then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them, with an army of a million men and 300 chariots and he came to Merisha and so here uh, Asa sees the enemy coming he sees an army of 1 million men plus 300 chariots coming to fight against him now asa had pre- had trained about half that amount of men. So he was outnumbered two to one. And, and, and his men had, had bows and, and spears. It doesn't say that he had chariots. And, and so here he is, he is outnumbered in both manpower and in strength and weapons of war. And this army is coming to, to annihilate him. And so what does Asa do uh, when he sees the enemy coming? Verse 10, it says, so Asa went out against them and set up the troops in battle array. Uh, Verse 11, "And, and Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against us. Asa had a crisis. The test was here. What would he do? Would he trust in God or would he trust on the provisions that God had given him? And indeed, this was a test of faith to Asa. And so Asa, he falls on his knees and cries out to God. You see, during the time of peace, Asa had been learning and preparing to trust in God. He had been spending time with spiritual reform in his heart. And so when the crisis came, he did that which he already knew. He did that which he had been doing every day. And he cried out to the Lord. We see the same pattern with Daniel. Daniel, the Bible says, prayed three times each day. It was a habit that he had made. During times of peace, he spent praying to the Lord. When there was no threat of harm or an enemy or no apparent need for God, Daniel was faithful to God, praying to him. And when the crisis came, what did he do? He went to his knees where he always had gone. Because that was the habit he had made. And so Asa had made this habit these last 10 years of trusting in God during the good times. Of being faithful to God during the good times. So when the bad times were there, he also trusted in the Lord. Uh, Ellen White, when talking about this uh, in Prophets and Kings, she said that King Asa feared that there might be sin cherished among the men in his army where God could not work on their behalf. And so he pleaded with the Lord for forgiveness for for his soldiers and those around him. And he pleaded with his soldiers to make themselves right before God so that God could work on their behalf. Friends, we too need to be pleading not just for ourselves, but for those around us, for our church leaders, and, and for our, our teachers, and, and our conference leaders. We need to be praying for them that they are faithful, and that our friends are faithful, as well as ourselves, for the crisis that is to come. And so, so uh, Asa Uh, was intervening on behalf of his soldiers and pleading his case before God. Now his men were well-trained. They were mighty men of valor. He had towers and gates and bars. He had walls around his city. And yet he didn't trust in the provisions that God had given to him. Instead, he had trusted in the God who gave the provisions. Asa had used his time of peace wisely in doing work for the Lord. Asa had not been giving himself to amusements. He had not been giving himself to the pleasures of the world, to, to the entertainment and, and the sports and, and the fun things that the world has to offer. But instead, in the time of peace, he had been preparing for the time of emergency. He had trained the army during the conflict He had built up the defenses, both spiritually and physically. And so then, uh, because Asa had sought the Lord during the days of his prosperity, he could now rely upon the Lord during the days of adversity. Asa showed that he was no stranger to the wonderful working power of the Lord. He says, it's nothing with you, Lord, to help whether with many or with those that have no power. Asa had studied his Bible and seen how God had worked miraculously on behalf of Israel, and he knew that it was nothing for God to work now on his behalf. Friends, this should be our prayer. Our prospects are anything but flattering. There are vast numbers arrayed against the truth, whom we must meet in presenting the light to others. Our hope is not in our knowledge of the truth. It's not in our own ability, but it is in the living God, the God who is mighty to save. And if, like King Asa, we've educated ourselves and we've educated and trained others to be familiar with the truth, who are wearing the armor of righteousness, who are ready to meet the enemies of God with the truth. We have done our part in the work. And the way of preparation and then the living faith in God must be exercised to work with the efforts of the workers. God will work on our behalf. And, but we have to do our part now during the time of peace. Friends, we must be engaged in the work now. We must be laborers now, both for our own souls and for the soul's of others looking to God that his glory might shine in us and look at what God did for Asa look at what he did there in verse 12 of chapter 14 second chronicles 14 12 it says so the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah and the Ethiopians fled Asa and the people were with him. They pursued them uh, to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover. For they were broken before the Lord and his army. And they carried away very much spoil. Then they defeated all the cities around Gerar. For the fear of the Lord came upon them. And they plundered all the cities. For there was exceedingly much spoil in them. They also attacked the livestock enclosures and carried off sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. God brought about a mighty victory on behalf of Asa because he had been faithful and he had built up his faith and trust in God during the time of prosperity that he was able to trust in God during the time of adversity. And so Uh, It wasn't through Asa's preparation. It wasn't through the armies of 580,000 men. It wasn't through the uh, fortified cities, but it was through the miraculous power of the Lord that Asa got this great victory. And can you imagine a million soldiers coming to fight against you? That's equivalent to about 15 stadiums full of people marching against you Now the bible says we actually do have an army an army a lot larger than one million people if you go with me to revelation revelation chapter nine turn with me please to revelation chapter nine picking up in verse 16 it says The number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And the Bible talks about Satan's army of 200 million. 200 million. And and they're fighting against the army of the Lord, uh, of the faithful of God, of 144,000. I mean, that's like half the population of Riverside fighting against over half the population of the United States. The, the odds are impossible, uh, uh, but with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And it's not the, the 144,000 that bring the victory in the end, but it's their utter reliance on the Lord, they're humble pleading with God, where God works in a miraculous way to bring the victory. Friends, God wants to bring the victory through you and I, but we have to be preparing. We have to be pleading now. If we're not pleading now with the Lord, if we're not seeking him now during times of peace, what do you think we're going to be doing during the time of adversity? What are we going to be running to during the time of trial and testing? Hear what the prophet said to King Asa. Now in 2 Chronicles 15. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2, it says that the prophet, that he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin... The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And so after Asa had this great victory, after he had trusted in the Lord during this time of testing, uh, the prophet comes out to meet him and says that if you are with the Lord, he will be with you. And if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. God promises us that he will be with us if we are with him. The Bible says that God will never leave us or forsake us. But the problem is we might leave or forsake him. It is us that leaves God. It's not God that leaves us. Because he says if you forsake him, in other words, if you take that first act of forsaking God, then God forsakes you. And so um, God will not force himself upon any of us. But but if we are faithful to God, if we seek him, the promise is there that he will be found. That God will be with us While we are with him, no one can take us out of the hand of the Lord. Only ourselves, only we ourselves can remove us from his hand. Don't let the things of the world, don't let the pleasures, don't let the amusements, don't let the ease of your life take you away from the Lord. Don't let that sin that we love to cherish. Keep you from the Lord. We must seek Him and seek Him with our whole hearts. And God will not leave us or forsake us. And so, after this, Asa brings another revival to the land. Uh, Chapter 15, verses 8 uh, through 15, uh, talks about how He again removes uh, idols and He removes the idols from the cities that He just captured. And he even removes um, the queen uh, because she cherished an idol and created, uh, created this idol and was worshiping it. And so, and so he even worked a reform in his own family. And Asa made a covenant with the Lord. Second Chronicles fifteen twelve it says, Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart. And with all their soul. So after the prophet tells them that if you are with God, God will be with you. They made a covenant with the Lord to be faithful to him. Have you made a covenant with the Lord? Have you been baptized and promised to live a new life hid in Christ? We need to keep our covenant with the Lord. And, oh, friends, I wish the story ended there. I I wish this was the end of the chapter, and and the Bible said, and Asa rested in peace with his fathers. But, unfortunately, the story goes on. Oh, if the story had, had ended after his great trust in God, after his covenant with the Lord, it would be such a blessed thing. Friends, may this not be our lot. May the angels not say, oh, if Jonathan's story had ended after he gave his heart to God, after there was revival in his life and he did a mighty work for him. I pray that the angels don't say that about you and about I. You see, the Bible and Ellen White both say that many lights will go out that, that people will, the faithful will lose their way because they don't keep walking in the faith. They're they're relying on some past experience, uh, some, some reformation that happened in their life, or, or maybe some great missionary work that they did or, or, or some, uh, a time of call portering or evangelism, or, or they're, they're relying on, on their, their, uh, uh, A revival and coming out of a life of addiction from drugs and pornography or or self-abuse or whatever it is And, and then they stop and they don't keep the course they don't keep running the race Paul says lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, we must continue to run the race. There are these things that are holding us. They're like weights. on our ankles and our shoes and they're holding us back from running the race and we need to put these sins away that so easily ensnare us and we need to keep looking unto Jesus he's not just the beginning of our faith friends but he is the end of our faith the bible says he's the finisher of our faith if we keep our eyes on him we will have that joy even if we're bearing a cross, and some of you are bearing a cross right now, but we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. He hasn't forsaken you, and he will bring you through the trial, and you too will sit down at the right hand of the throne of God someday. Ellen White says in Counsels for the Church, page 333, there are many, even among those who teach the truth to others. Who will not receive the seal of God in their foreheads. They had the light of truth. They knew their master's will. They understood every point of the faith, but they had no corresponding works. These should have acted their faith. Oh, friends, may that not be a prophecy about us. Friends, we know the truth. We have it in our hands. If we don't know it, we have no excuse but to know it. And, and, and we don't just need to know it, but we need to have the corresponding works. We need to be like Asa during that first 10 years and be faithful to God during the times of peace, during these times of pleasure when life is going good. Uh, we're having fun in school or, or or work. We got our jobs. Maybe we're essential workers or our bank account is, is rolling in the dough and, and And we have all these blessings. May we be faithful with those blessings and not learn to trust in the blessing. Yes, sadly, the story of Asa continues. The Bible says that he had 25 years of peace. 25 years of peace after uh, the The army of one million Ethiopians came upon him. What did he do during the 20 years of peace, the 25 years of peace? We we read about what he did during the uh, 10 years of peace, how he built up the cities and how he built up a spiritual revival. But during these uh, 25 years of peace, the Bible is relatively silent. After the covenant that he makes with the Lord, the Bible is silent about the things that Asa did. There's no sign of preparation. There's no words that he fortified the city, that he trained uh, successive generations. Uh, There's no sign that he stayed true to the covenant or that he uh, enshrined the law of God in the land. Sadly, the next thing we read about is the, the test, the army that comes 25 years later. We see this in, in chapter 16, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 1. It says, in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, the king of Israel, came up against Judah. And built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. And so we see another army coming. And it's the army of Israel. Uh, Judah, the brother. There is Israelite brothers coming against them. And it doesn't say there's an army of one million. It just says that he came and he took the city of Ramah from Judah. And, and uh, took it over and built it up. And so maybe this was less of a concern. But it says that Asa, he didn't go and plead with the Lord. He didn't go and, and, and fall on his knees and say, Lord, help us. Instead, verse 2, it says Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the lord and of the king's house and he sent them to ben hadad king of syria who dwelt in damascus saying let there be a treaty between me and between you and me as there was between my father and your father see i have sent you silver and gold come Break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa, and he sent his armies against Israel. And so here we see that Asa, after God blessed him with 25 more years of peace, God sent another test to him to see if his heart was faithful, to see if he had been faithful to God. And instead of Asa relying on the God of the blessings, he relied on the blessings of God. God's blessings had become a curse. He started to trust in the blessings that God had given him instead of trusting in the God of the blessings. He used his money, his gold and silver, uh, to buy his way out of this time of hardship. Friends, what have we done during our days of pleasure? During our days of peace, we've been able to maybe save our money or gain an education or or make connections uh, with friends and people. Have we been learning to trust in those things? You know, about 19 years ago, remember uh, September 11. And, and I, I was in high school then, and I remember uh, the, the towers falling and, and preachers preaching, my pastor and others preaching about how this is a wake up call, how we need to return to the Lord and be faithful, and how um, um, this was uh, prophesied by Ellen White that, that the mighty buildings would fall. In the cities as a sign of God soon coming and we saw this revival in the church and now here we are about 20 years later and and what have we done during this time of peace, what have you done with your time of peace. War came to Asa, and instead of following the covenant that he had promised to God, he goes and seeks help from man. And not just from any man, but he seeks help from a wicked king. He seeks help from the world. He runs to the world for help because he had learned during the 20 years he had been practicing trusting in his gold and silver trusting in the blessings that God had given him. And so he uses his blessings instead of crying out to the God of the blessings. Friends, what are you doing to prepare for the crisis ahead? Are you spending your time enjoying the pleasures and amusements, thinking that when the crisis comes, you'll be ready? Or are you spending your time learning to trust in the Lord and surrendering every moment to him. Some of you, some of us, maybe we have faith in our job. This this coronavirus was a good indicative of what we would do. Think, oh, I'm an essential worker. um, So I can, I have nothing to worry about, right? Or or maybe um, you have faith in your money. You know, I can get by a year or, or two without, uh, uh, without work or income uh, due to my savings. And so, so instead of praying and pleading with God during this crisis in the world, uh, we sit back and trust in our savings. Or, or maybe you have a country property. You have the garden providing for all your needs. You have solar power. You are ready. Country living you are prepared. And so say, oh, this, I have nothing to worry about because I have all my provisions right here on my land. Whatever it is, if you've learned to put your trust in the things that God has blessed you with, what do you think you will turn to when the crisis comes? What do you think you will trust in when the trial to come upon the world is upon us? Notice the folly of King Asa. The first time, during the 10 years when he had been faithful during those times of peace, seeking God daily, that, that, that when the trial came, he had he continued to practice that which he had always done. But during the time, the second time of peace, the 25 years. He had grown complacent and he learned to trust in the blessings that God had given him. And so when the crisis came, he naturally turned to the blessings because that is what he had put his trust in. Friends, let our time of peace and prosperity not be our folly. But may we be faithful to God during this time of peace and prosperity because material blessings, money, jobs, education, country properties, those things will not save us from the crisis ahead because the crisis is not a physical crisis. The Bible says we are not warring with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers of darkness. Now, they might manifest themselves through flesh and blood, but that is not where the battle lies. And so if we are warring against spiritual things with physical things, what do you think the outcome will be? You see, this is the problem of the five foolish virgins. They rely on the world for their oil supply. When the crisis comes, they turn to man to go get their oil because they hadn't been practicing turning to God. Friends, we need to be practicing turning to God while the days are easy. We need to be practicing turning to God during the times of peace, making the Lord our strength now so that we have that strength when the crisis comes. Only God can give us success. And notice, not, Asa doesn't just use gold and silver that God uh, had blessed him with over the years. Notice the gold and silver that he uses. Verse 2, it says, Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord. Here he was using God's money to save himself instead of using God. Friends, what are we doing with the money God has blessed us with, with the talents God has given to us? Are we using those for God now? Or are we reserving them for a time to take care of ourselves? For when a crisis comes that we might have them. Friends, we need to be faithful with that which God has blessed us with now. It's all God's money. Everything you have isn't because of anything that you have done. It is because God has blessed you. He's blessed you with your job. He's blessed you with your education. He's blessed you with financial success or whatever uh, success you have. God has blessed you with it, and we must use that for him. So Hananiah, the seer, brings a message to King Asa. We see this in Second Chronicles 16, verse 8. He says, were the Ethiopians and the lobom not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? And so he reminds Asa of this earlier time in his life when Asa had been faithful to God. And he says, yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them from your hand. And he says in verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Friends, God isn't just sitting back. He's not just sitting back looking and waiting for you to come to him. The Bible says that his eyes are going throughout the whole earth. He is looking for a heart that is loyal to him. He's looking for a heart that is seeking him during a time of peace. For someone that's faithful to him now because God wants to do a miracle through you. Do you need a miracle? Do you need God to work in your life? The Bible says God is looking for someone whom he can show himself strong on behalf of whom he can do a miracle through so that he can bring others to him. God is looking to be able to do a miracle through you. If you are faithful to him, if you have a loyal heart, Asa did not have a loyal heart during the second crisis. And, and, and the prophet says, in this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. And so because Asa had taken himself out of God's hand of blessing, because he had removed himself from the circle of protection that God had placed around him, and because he was trusting in man, he was trusting in his gold and silver, Uh, that he no longer had the blessing of God. And from then on, he had wars. What was Asa's response? Did he get on his knees and plead with God and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my wrong. No, sadly, we see how far his heart had been drawn away. And it wasn't a quick thing. It, It was 25 years in the making. Satan, He's happy to work slowly to drag us away from the Lord. And and here Asa says in verse 10, Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. And so Asa, he hated God's messenger, and he put him in prison because of the saying of god he didn't turn his heart and seek forgiveness he didn't return to the lord do we hate god's messenger did you know god has given us a messenger for these last days god has given us the the writings and prophecies of ellen white do we put her away like Asa put away the seer? Do we ignore her counsel and put her books in the back of the bookshelf or throw them in the trash? Do we hate the messenger that God has given us to help prepare us? God wants our hearts. He wants to do a miracle through you. He wants to show himself strong to through you, through those whose heart is loyal to him. And so then... Asa oppressed God's people. He violated God's law by making everyone work. Deuteronomy 27 exempts certain people from working, from, from serving in the army and doing these things. But Asa put them all to work, again, trusting in the power of man as opposed to God, because now he had all these wars around him. And so Asa oppresses the people that way. Look what the 25 years of peace did. 25 years without exercising his faith. And so when the crisis came, he ran to the world for help. Friends, though, God is so merciful. God didn't give up on Asa right then. The Bible says that God sent Asa another test to see if Asa would be loyal to him. Go with me to down to verse 12, uh, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12. It says, and in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. And so Asa gets this disease. God allows this disease to come upon Asa to give him another test to see maybe, maybe if, if he's his." His health is taken away from him. Maybe then he will seek the Lord and humble himself. And God says, maybe he will seek me in this state, in this condition. And so uh, he allows this disease to come upon Asa. The Bible records, though, it says, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. Again, Asa. When the test came, he sought the world for help. He sought the physicians for help. Instead of seeking the God, the healer, the creator of his body. Instead of pleading with God like Hezekiah did, pleading that God would heal him, Asa goes to the physicians. Friends, we need to be seeking the Lord every moment Every moment, whether it's a good moment or whether it's a trial, whether we're in a time of peace or a time of crisis, we need to be daily, moment by moment, seeking the Lord. Ellen White says, if you are resting upon the loving Savior as your only hope, if self is hid with Christ in God, God will be with you and you will be with him. You will feel and know the power of true religion. Your influence will be used wholly for God's glory, and you will not have a high esteem of yourself. The path is narrow that leads to eternal life. You will find many difficulties in your way, which you must meet and overcome in the name of Jesus. Friend, what do you have your security in? What are you trusting in? Have you learned to trust in the blessings that God has given you? Or are you trusting in the God of the blessings? God has given us a moment of peace. He's given us a moment of respite to help us and allow us to prepare for the trial that will come upon the whole world. We must be using our time now, be using the means that God has placed into our hands now to be preparing for that crisis. We can't be enjoying the peace when we have a work to do. We need to be building up the armor of God in our lives and be building up physically, preparing physically for the time when we won't be able to buy or sell so that we may provide for others and take care of their needs that we might share the gospel with more souls and bring a few more into the kingdom of God before probation closes. Friends, the truth must be proclaimed now in the dark places of the earth. And so I appeal to you, to those of you watching, I make make two appeals. If you have been enjoying the pleasures of this world, Or maybe you've just been floating through life without a care. Or or you've been living for that next vacation or that next adventure. And and you realize, Lord, I, I need to do something for you. But I need a desire to do something for you. If you want to live every moment for God and change your life to be on fire for the Lord, I ask that you raise your hand where you are. Now, I can't see it, but God sees it, and God, he will see your heart, and he will work on your heart, and he will change you to be like him, that you may be a catalyst in the world for him. So, friends, if that is your desire, please raise your hand. Commit yourself to God now. I make a second appeal. Maybe your faith was strong. Maybe you've had that had a, a, an amazing experience with the Lord. He did some miraculous thing through you or through your life. You were facing an army of 1 million. They were fighting against you, but God gave you the victory. You were fighting addiction of drugs or pornography, or, or maybe it wasn't that. Maybe you've been a missionary and you brought many souls to the Lord. Uh, but, but since that time, you have, have just kind of been meandering. In your faith and you haven't continued to be on fire for the Lord and maybe you're not a living every moment for him any longer and you're like Asa during that 25 years of peace after his his faithful representation for God uh, you you've wandered away and started to trust in the blessings of the Lord instead of trusting in the Lord's of Lord of the blessings Friends, if that is you, I ask that that you raise your hand and say, Lord, please change me back to be faithful. Please give me another chance, Lord. Please return me to a loyal heart. And God will work in your heart and reignite the flame that has gone dim. And you will do a mighty work for him. If that is your desire, I appeal to you, please raise your hand and recommit your life to God now. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to pray for those who have raised their hands, Lord. I want to pray for those who desire to have a renewed relationship. For those, Father, maybe they're giving their heart to you for the first time. Maybe they realize, Lord, that they've been walking uh, in, in the world, enjoying the things of the world and haven't been truly committed to being faithful to you, to fighting the spiritual battle that's going on in what seems to be a time of peace, Father. Lord, I appeal uh, to you, Lord, to please pour out your spirit upon them. Please give them a desire, Lord, to do your work, Father, and show them the way that they should take, Lord, so that when you have tried them, they shall come forth as gold father when you have sent the test to them they will be like asa after the 10 years who who fall on their knees instead of trusting in in the things that you have blessed them with father i lift up the other group lord that they have walked with you but but maybe gone cold father or lukewarm lord their flame has gone dim father i pray lord that you reignite every nerve in their body may you pour out your spirit upon every nerve ending that it does work for you father that they their whole being desires to bring about a reformation in this world uh, that we might prepare others and ourselves for your soon coming again father please lord forgive us for relying on our past experiences lord forgive us for relying on our past walk with you lord but help us continue to run the race with endurance, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that we may someday sit down at your right hand, Father, in that throne of glory. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse